0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the United States Anfield Index podcast. I'm your host, Justin, and uh, joining me tonight to talk about your recently crowned champions of England, Liverpool Football Club, are two frequent guests and uh, a person making his debut on today's podcast. So we're going to go to the uh, person making his debut first, coming to us from the Chicagoland area. You've heard him speak about Game of Thrones with gags. It's Scott Chandler. How you doing, Scott?
1: Doing well. Good to be here. I'm bringing some middle America to this left and and right coast pod.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, he kind of spoiled that that we have a left coast guest and a right coast guest. Um, The left coast guest, he and I talk about baseball sometimes. He can rant quite a bit. It's Armando Angulo.
2: God, baseball's been such a long time ago. What a foreign concept.
0: Let let me ask you a quick question, you know, because... for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Major League Baseball is playing a 60-game season. They the schedule was released yesterday. Um, I'm not confident that they even get to Game 1 before this entire thing is canceled. But uh, Armando, how, how are you feeling about this ridiculously unbalanced 60-game mini-season of baseball?
2: I mean, honestly, Sands, Liverpool, getting the chance to be crowned champions, i, I no sports need to happen man. I'm totally okay with it not happening.
0: I'm totally okay with it not happening, but that said, if it's on TV, I'm going to watch it. So, um.
2: Well, naturally, I was waking up to watch Korean baseball.
0: Who you did you pick? Who who I was, did a, you twins pick? I was oh, a Twins fan. Oh, you picked LG fan. Twins?
2: Well, I am a Twins fan. Not, there was no word about it. They got a Mexican dude bopping, bro.
0: So it yeah, I, I, was, I was going uh, that way too, just because of the fact that they had 2019 New York Met um, Aaron Altair.
2: <laughs> Fair. Justin, Justin, this is a football podcast.
0: All right and speaking of football podcasts the nominal scouter on the team uh by way of new jersey cap hegerty
3: hello i'm here good to be back everybody <laughs> been a long time the right coast is right and yeah, yeah nominal scouter at best
0: yeah so um you've got you 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 can trace both uh both parents so you know correct that's uh, more than anybody else in this podcast. That said, um, this is a global football club, and we don't go onto that agenda. We're going to go on to a totally different one. Um, the first question I'm going to ask all three of you guys is, if you have one Arsenal defender to save your life, which one are you picking? Scott, you get to go first.
1: Jesus. Bad. Chances of survival are are low. Across the board. Um, I think I'm going to go with Kieran Tierney. Uh, They save him only for the most key moments, and I haven't seen him royally screw up yet. So I feel like he's the only one that I wouldn't be absolutely shitting myself with.
0: All right, Kev, how about you? Yeah.
3: Uh, (laughs) Kieran Tierney's okay. That's a pretty good shot. At least he's talented. You can't pick the keeper, Um, by the way. Has to be a defender. (laughs) Okay. Um, well, it's not Luis. Um, maybe Kalasinich, right? Didn't he? Uh, didn't he fight somebody off? He did. In the video.
0: He fought yeah. someone off from trying to stab Mezidozil.
3: Yes. So I'm gonna go with Kalasinich because uh, not for footballing ability, although he's decent, um, but for his ability to fight people off trying to stab other players.
0: Armando, how about you? I'd be a dead man. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I'd take my chances with Hector Bellerin. Be- We'd at least be speaking Spanish on our deathbeds. Uh, it would be good. Yeah. And you guys would look great. You
1: guys, you guys would, would look, look fantastic. He would look great. Go down in style.
2: Yeah, I mean, his outfit would be a lot, a lot louder than mine, though. I have to say.
0: Yeah, you're... But you're, yeah. You wear all black. Usually, you
2: know. It's always a funeral somewhere.
0: <laughs> For me, it's David Luiz, because fuck it, I like chaos.
3: <laughs> this is Some facts. people just want to watch the worst. <laughs> All right,
0: so... Um, keep it spicy, though. We'll
3: keep you know, spicy.
0: it's just one of those things where your chances of survival as stated aren't very good. Like, Scott nailed that one, so wouldn't you, like, you know, wouldn't you rather die happy than what you might see? Yeah. He's yeah. like
2: he'll he'll yeah, amuse he'll, you. He'll, he'll
1: yeah, it'll be great. He'll you'll, laugh, you'll laugh up to up. death. He'll I, I get your hopes up at first and you think you'll be good and then he'll get you right at the end and it'll be a calamity.
0: You know what? It's also the fact that he's failed to kill Bart Simpson so like I think I'm I think I feel okay <laughs> about it. <laughs>
3: he could he could stop somebody from 60 yards away. But if they got anywhere near you, you'd be toast.
0: Yeah, yeah. But the real answer, probably, if if you had to, probably, I mean, Scott Scott probably got the uh, the answer that I think probably makes the most sense because you nobody actually knows what Kieran Tierney is, so uh, you know, I I guess it's uh actually, I mean, Kevin actually, your answer makes the most sense because he literally did that, and I didn't even think about that when I was asking the question.
1: Let's talk about Liverpool. I'd say so. I mean, he would We we have video evidence of him saving lives. So yeah, that's it's pretty good. It's a
2: pretty good answer. And he's the he's the burliest of the cats that we're speaking of here. Yes, correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Good show.
0: Yeah, well, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about Liverpool. Um, yeah, you know, we have won the league, so I think uh, the first thing I just want to ask you guys each is, uh, how does it feel to be a champion, uh, Armando? How does it feel?
2: It's fucking surreal. Like, it's it's honestly appropriate that we're winning in this time. Because it's so surreal. Like, it doesn't seem real yet. It seems like. I mean, we are champs, but we haven't seen the trophy lifted. It's just a bunch of, like, I don't know, man. It's really weird. I don't think it's hit me, like, completely hit me yet. I mean, when, when Chelsea be- beat City, I got a little emotional. I got choked up a little bit watching like just the magnitude of it i thought about all you guys like kev i thought about you your pops i thought about you justin like i thought about all you guys and so i got a little emotional eh, but as far as it still doesn't seem a hundred percent real which is kind of kind of sad to be honest
0: yeah and and, i mean I, i think that a lot of people are echoing that thought because I, I, you know, and it kind of brings me to one of the things that I want to know from all three of you, which is how, what did you, what did you guys do to celebrate? Cause, you know, you can't really get out there and, you know, go, if you, if you're, if you belong to a supporters club, which obviously I, you know, I do, um, you can't go out and like, you know, go party with, you know, at the bar that your supporter club, supporters club meets at. So like Scott, you know, right after the Chelsea, right after Chelsea, you know, win and the final whistle went, What what did you start doing to celebrate? Like, what was it that uh, you know, that you were able to let loose and do?
1: Well, I mean, today's day and age when we're all separated, I think thank God for Twitter and stuff like that. When you get to see all the videos of the guys, like like Armando said, it's very weird. There's no real catharsis of letting go. There's no parade. There's no trophy lift. There's no communal celebration. We have to watch other people do it. And yeah, some of the crazies around Anfield, that's probably not great. But getting to watch. You know, the the team celebrated their hotel felt like a moment. But, I mean, for me, I I was stuck at work. I had to watch it on my phone. But that night, I uh, I cracked open a bottle of champagne, threw on my Unbearables T-shirt that I'd been saving. I bought it in the spring and been waiting for the moment, thought it would happen in March, and it didn't. But that's all you can really do right now is you have these moments. But thankfully, through the the old internets, we can at least kind of feel, feel connected a little bit. So it helps, but it's, it's definitely not the same.
0: And, and Kev, I mean... I kind of want to know what you did, wanted, what you did want want to know what you did to celebrate but I also have another question for you obviously as you have some family from Liverpool. Um do you have any blues in your family and uh have you spoken to them this week?
3: <laughs> I, <laughs> last question first. I I do. Um I do have a uh, my uncle Mark, uh my mom's brother-in-law is blue and so are his kids, uh, my cousins. Um he is I have to say one of You know one of the guys I'm closest with in my family as well but uh, he didn't say anything to me at all and I kind of left him alone Um, but uh, he finally uh, came around and said congrats and sent me a whatsapp and stuff like that I haven't talked to his kids I haven't talked to Mark and uh, and Nick yet Ah, Nick doesn't follow football too much but yeah I haven't talked to my cousin Mark yet to see what he thinks but um, yeah he came around and said congrats and i had actually asked him for a copy of the echo and he sent me he called me a red-nosed bastard and said he would put it in the post um so (laughs) so i have that coming to me um and then pretty much the rest of my whole family are are reds are big reds so uh so yeah it was just just my uncle mark and he i gave him some breathing room and then i kind of came after him and then he, he he sent me a a little uh a gif of um, only fools and horses were guys cracking up laughing after, um, after we lost the city, but that was kind of all the, the only, the only grief I've gotten from him this season. Um, yeah, but they were, they were pleasantly, uh, uh, gracious, I guess we'll say my family so far, but. Um, aside from that, you know, my, my Reds family in, in Liverpool, a lot of them are older, so they won't be, you know, sprinting around outside of Anfield, but some of them may I have a couple of cousins. They're still nuts. I have lots of family members with season tickets still and that, that sort of thing. Uh, myself, I, I was listening, I was watching the game on my phone because I was, uh, doing work at the house and, and watching my kid and kind of bouncing from room to room. Um, and I just, I left my phone on in the other room. Uh, my wife took a work call and, uh, my daughter wanted to play with uh, dolls. So, so I was playing with dolls and I could hear it. Um, and I just sort of heard the final whistle and, and the commotion. And I just, you know, I didn't I didn't really react. It was kind of weird um, knowing that that it happened. I just kind of sat and spent the next 20 minutes playing with Elsa and Anna and Olaf um, pretending to be <laughs> one of those. And then, it, and then it took a while to kind of sink in. It, it's still sort of sinking in, as, as Amanda said, it's uh, a bit surreal. I'm kind of in the <coughs> smug satisfaction stage where it's, I just kind of have a grin on my face every time I go online and I see the other the way the other fans react and that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, I kind of went through stages I after that. Later on that night, I, I, you know, I had a beer and I just kind of celebrated by myself, at, you know, after my daughter went to bed and that sort of thing. And, and then you see the videos come out of uh, the guys celebrating and that was, was you know kind of emotional and i was really happy for everybody and they, they're such a unit that it was is great to see and then and then jesus the uh, bleacher report cartoon came out and just absolutely ruined me um so it's like a car i don't know if you guys have seen it It's a cartoon of a guy he starts to go to the match with his dad and then eventually his dad leaves him um and he just kind of picks up the mantle and then when he finally gets to take his daughter we win the we win the title so it was basically i mean it wasn't made by me or for me but it was basically what i went through um from 1990 until until now and it's even a little blonde-haired kid like my like my daughter so that ruined me every time i see it Um uh, but yeah no it's been tears and and happiness and uh sort of surrealism especially like as Romando said it's so surreal this year it's <laughs> nothing is sinking in but i think um it'll all come back again. I think it'll be official once we, once we see Jordan lift the trophy.
0: Yeah. And uh, for me, I actually, I, I did get to do a slight celebration with one other person where, because um, I was, I was moving, you know, I was moving house that week. And uh, I, um, one, one former, you know, one LFCNY member and another former, actually a former president of LFCNY and I live not very far from each other. So um, we were able to, meet up and uh have a few beers in his backyard to celebrate but i also did that on a friday night with the movers were coming on saturday morning and definitely angered my wife a little bit um <laughs> i i did end up like coming home having you know being a little bit tipsy but not too bad because i knew had things to do in the morning and uh <laughs> starting to uh pack dishes at twelve thirty um in the twelve thirty a.m when when you when you have to move the next morning like you're not going to get anything valuable or good done but um we got the job done. So in the end, um, all was well that has happened well. I got to celebrate and, uh, we, my wife is no longer mad at me because we got the entire thing done. So I guess, uh, that's me just tuning my own horn. Um, but I, I think kind of going on, I think like, we should maybe take a little bit of a look back at the season. And I've asked you guys to, to think about, to think about two things, right? Um, and I'm going to go to, I'm going to go around to ask you guys these and, you know, go into any sort of elaboration you want on it. But what was your game of the season? And what was the moment you knew we were going to win the title? So, um, Armando, we haven't heard from you in a bit. What, what are what are these for you? Like, what 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 is your game of the season, and when did you know that we were going to win the title?
2: I think the game of the season was us just fucking working Leicester. I think us coming working Leicester, as hot as they were, um, as much hype as there was about these guys <laughs> to keep you know the race alive, and and this that and the third. To go out there and absolutely put in a performance that was so convincing and so, um, just, just quintessentially us to dominate them to, 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 to play our game was just really good. The fact that Brendan Rodgers is their manager is just chef's kiss, just adds on top of that. Um, God, I hate that man. Um, but goal of the season has to be Aston Villa, Sadio's dipping header. I think, I think that's the moment that I said. Holy shit, this is real, 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 real. And um, even though it doesn't feel real, that's the moment that I think when I think back on this season that I'm going to say, you know what? At that moment, I was comfortable to say Liverpool are the champions of England. And uh, what a goal that was, though. I mean, that guy's ability to... What a player that guy has become. I mean, 30 million when we signed him. Everybody was like, you know, he's hot and cold. He's streaky. He's this, that, and the third... But I mean, Sadio Mane is just an unbelievable talent, an unbelievable player. He has a motor. He tracks back. He's unselfish. Uh, just what, what's become of him? What's become of <laughs> Bobby? What's become of Mo? It's just really impressive. Um, so yeah, I think those are the points for me that I would say, uh, everything became, became really real. And I really thought, you know, by God, After all these years, after, you know, all this anger, after all this anguish, after all this almost, you know, coming really close and, you know, nine and and 14. And I didn't part of me still didn't let myself believe it. But the gap was so large that you really have no choice. You got to say it is what it is, you know. And so, yeah, those are for me the moments of the season where I really thought everything came together and we were going to be what we are and what we deserve to be over the last what two seasons now.
0: And uh Scott, I think I'm going to come to you with this one next. You know, it's it's the same set of questions. What, you know, when did you, you know, it doesn't have to be a moment, it could be more than a moment, but moments are moments are easier to just take pictures of. Um and then uh you know, the game in your game of the season.
1: Yeah, so for me, it was definitely the, the two big moments of the season both involved our main enemies from down the road in Manchester, you know, starting with the, the big match against City in November, you know, we had come into that game, 1-10, only dropped two points to United. We were, you know, riding high. We had a five-point lead early in the season, which felt huge, even though, you know, we'd had a big lead in 19 early January that we kind of let go. But, you know, it was crazy to see City drop points at all. But, you know, you, you kind of have that old specter looming over your shoulder that, you know, this is a team that can reel off as many wins as they need to. They're that good. So no lead is safe. So, you know, getting three points that day was absolutely vital if we were going to try and, you know, make things right again. And Justin and I had talked to you about this before, I'm sure. Just the sound of the goal, that Tribuno's goal, when it hits the back of the net, it hits the post, is just incredible. I mean, it was an absolute thunder bastard of a goal. It makes this click sound, this ping when it hits the back of the net, and it just felt like absolute sweet justice. You know, it it felt like just letting loose all that – all that pain, all that frustration from the season four, just us to be able to be able to, you know, kind of exercise some demons there. So to be able to get the three points that day and, you know, in such an amazing way. I mean, for me personally, that was a big moment because I got to, you know, rub it in the face of one of my best friends who's a city fan. I went up to Milwaukee to watch the match with him. Shout out to Nomad Pub. Great place to catch some football if you're ever in the city of Milwaukee. But it it just, it felt like that moment was, from that moment on, it was our season. You know, it was ours to lose. You know, yes, we had let it go the season before, but I give full credit to the city. I mean, they won 15, 16 in a row, whatever it was. I mean, they really, they earned it. You know, we let some games go, but this was our chance, you know, that we were in the driver's seat. And then against United, the 2-0 win in, in January, where Mo just streaks down the field to score that goal, takes his shirt off. Allison runs the length of the pitch. He's the first one to celebrate with Mo. And the cops start singing, now you're going to believe us. I mean, it's cliche, but it really felt like that was it. I mean, you have a 16-point lead in January. City hadn't looked like the city of old. And it felt that, you know, some symmetry, you know, beating a team who we've struggled with even in the past few seasons under Klopp. You know, no game's really been easy. You know, we haven't had a good time at Old Trafford, but to get that win over United at Anfield, you know, to put us on the path to getting back on our perch, again, it felt like sweet justice. It felt like revenge. So that's, that's kind of what this has felt like all year long. Like a cheese, some ways a cheesy Steven Seagal movie from the eighties where he's just getting revenge on all the guys who wronged him and he's just taking them out one by one. That's kind of how it felt and it felt pretty good. And that's the moment I felt. I think we got this. I think we're, it's, it's safe to start believing we're not going to jinx it.
0: Uh, how about you, Kev? Where, where, did, where did you uh, fall on these two, your game of the season and where we, uh, you knew we were going to win it?
1: So
3: that's probably some combination of, of both of answers. So uh, immediately when you asked game of the season, I, uh, Villa popped up, um, Villa away. So it was just – I mean this is back in November too. and So that's relatively early in the season. We had a lead, um, but it's still relatively early in the season. And it was just this feeling of like we are not going to be denied. And that's why that game is the biggest for me. It was just, you know, they go up 1-0 <clears throat> first half and we just are battering them, just battering Ram, <laughs> just trying to wear down this big-ass door they have. And, it, and we just can't get it done and can't get it done. we trying and trying and trying. And finally, Robbo pops up, um, you know, back post um, in the 85th or whatever it was. And then... It's just like okay, well at least we salvage a point is what you would usually say, but that's not what these guys say. They go, no, we're good. no, this isn't done for us. We're not done yet. And Monet flicks in this header at the near post. Well, he moved to the near post. It went to the far post, and somehow gets the second one in like the 94th minute. And it was just elation. And this is as I said, this is November, and that moment was like, yeah, no, these guys are serious, and we were serious last season, and this This was a game we would have drawn or something like that or or in in years gone by and or even lost in years gone by and again, it was just we we're not going to be denied so that oh, ser- uh, i mean there's so many good games, but that was my game of the season. The moment though for me is uh what Scott touched on, and that's united at home uh in January we were already. Up by a lot of points then. Uh, we knew we still had city to play. Um, although that didn't go too well, but it didn't matter ultimately. Um, we knew we had a few tough games coming up. Um, you know, we weren't really at our best, but you always raise your game when United comes, uh, to town. And it just felt like, as Scott said, like it just felt like exercising demons. It, it was, it was the game, even though they haven't been great for the past X amount of seasons, it was the game that knocked them off their perch and they came to our house and the big man van dyke steps up and gets one and then we just battle it out with them all game and we and to be honest we were much better than they were um but we you know, we had this trouble we, we were unlucky track.
0: not to be up i think like three nil. yeah because the for the Firmino ghost list should have stood
3: right yeah no that, i mean it's it's just one of those games where they tend to drag you down to their level if they can't beat you skill wise which is a good tactic but it's It it just didn't happen this time. And then that sort of unbelievable ball out to to Mo from Allison, and then he just shrugs that kid off. He tried his best, and he just shrugged that kid off for 40 yards and then just buries it and keeps running. And he knows he's finally done it because I think that was his first goal against United. Um, And Allison just sprints the length of the (laughs) pitch and celebrates with him, and the the cop goes wild and, you know, You know, and now you're gonna believe us is finally sung, and we were already at a sizable lead and it, it, on the table, and it's just we've been bitten so many times in the past that nobody kind of wanted to say it to jinx it. I'm not a superstitious person by any means, but even I was, you know, we've thrown this away before, and you know, we've had leads before that we've thrown away, and and but this was the game. I was lucky enough to be after after the game to be on Nina's show, um, I think with Reese. Um, and everybody's bouncing. Gags was in and out. (laughs) Just, he wasn't even on. I don't even think he was producing. He just kept (laughs) jumping in and, uh, talking about it. And even Gags went, that's it. It's over. It's ours. And everybody was like, if not now, then what? And Harinder called in and was like, it's now. It's ours. We have it. Um, and then, you know, a global pandemic come and tried to stop us, but (laughs) we still got it in the end. But yeah, that United game just felt like, you know, Kicking them as far as we can off their perch and watching them fall, and uh, it was excellent. So those those two games are the moments for me that were the biggest of the season.
0: Yeah, so so I'll uh, I'll take my turn now. So the moment that I thought we were going to win the season was the own goal scored on the Origi cross five minutes into the opener against Norwich. <laughs> um, that would be the most arrogant answer ever considering Allison also went down injured in that game <laughs> yeah right i and it's it's not seriously my answer i mean that would be I, I, look i i predict liverpool to win the league every single season because i need to do because i just need to do that for my own hey, uh
3: i put money on it
0: yeah I, I need to do it for my own like you know it's the same reason i convinced myself that the mets are going to win the world series every year um this time it just happened so it's awesome. But, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing where, you know, you want to, you know, you, you want to believe and you want to believe from the start. But for me, the moment for me is Scott and I were talking about this. I've said it before, the second that that ball leaves to foot, um, and goes in after what happened at the other end of the pitch, I just knew that something in something, some sort of cosmic ripple had, uh, had finally broken. And, uh, I think that that, that was, a, 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 and like it, it. It continues also with the fact that City in that first half of that game were all over us for about the first 15 minutes and went down 2 nothing and went down two nil really quickly. And you could see all of their heads went, including Guardiola's. And once and once the manager's head goes, you're 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 going to beat them, right? We 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 are very 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 far in Pep's brain right now. You it's been that way for years. So far. Yeah. We've it's broken been way for thing. years. Like, you can see it in the documentary. That's was, that was, that was where I was going with that, Kev. It's like the Amazon documentary about Manchester City. The most interesting part is the last two episodes are about basically playing Liverpool with the fact that we weren't afraid of them. We stepped toe to toe with them and we beat them. And I think more teams are seeing that if you step toe to toe with City, they're not totally invincible. I think actually I'm going to, I'm not going to take credit for this because Dan Kennett basically last year, um, when City lost their first game, uh, said, see, they bleed. Right, like so it's the type of thing, like we're not invincible either. We're just uh I think just our mentality is significantly better than that team's because nobody's in Klopp's head. Maybe Angelotti. Uh, but um everybody's everybody's in like like no nobody's in Pep's head except for Klopp. Like Mourinho never really got into Pep's head, right? Klopp's in his head. And Liverpool's in his yeah. head. And it's and, and you'll love to see it. I mean, one of the things that's really important to note about Pep is that he is bald. And, um, he, he lets his, his baldness, um, you know, pervade how he lives in this world.
3: (laughs) You see at halftime, halftime, they're playing Everton at halftime. He's talking about us in that documentary. Yeah. He has no shits in the world for the game he's in. He's worried about us in the champions league.
0: Yeah. It's, 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 and it's, I mean, like for them, for the, I, I, I sincerely do not want City to to ever win the Champions League. Um, not because I have anything actually really against the Football Club, because I, I don't like. I, there's the rivalry between Liverpool and City is about four years old and it's gonna last another two or three years, right? Um, I don't, ha- I will never have the same enmity for City that I do Chelsea, even though that's not as you know a, a traditional long old rivalry, but just because of how much I disliked Mourinho, uh, during the Mourinho versus Rafa's drops. And it's, uni- it's United and it's Everton for me. Those are the teams I just, dis- those are the teams I roundly dislike. There are other teams in the Premier League that I have no real affinity for. Like I don't particularly like Spurs or Arsenal, but like I, I'm, I'm indifferent to them. I don't have the same hatred that I do for right. Everton and City. Now I also think that we should probably try to get away from hatred because I also think that, um, when you see things like fans having to celebrate us winning the title by putting a, a um, flare, in, a red flare, in Dizzy Dean's hand in front of uh, Goodison. Like you've won the title. Why do you need to rub it in their face? Your existence, of, your existence, and just walking around with your chest out is all you need to do. That's how you trigger them. You don't have to sit there and be a dick about it.
1: Yeah. There's sports hate and there's real hate. Yeah. And when the sports hate turns into real hate, you've gone too far. It doesn't mean we all, we are all, you know, we follow tons of American sports. We all have inner city rivals, but. When you take it too far, you ruin and spoil the good parts about the rivalry.
0: Yeah, like there are are figures associated to this game that I fundamentally dislike for actual reasons that are like really, and really important. Like Adam Johnson, I wouldn't piss on if he was on fire because of what he did to a young girl. But like, (laughs) that's not what I mean when I say I hate Everton, I hate United. I just want them to lose a lot of soccer. I just want them to lose a lot of games. That's really it. I just want them to lose games embarrassingly. But uh, if we're going to uh, my, my game of the season, Armando basically nailed it. It's that four 0 against Leicester. It's the comprehensive nature with which we swept them aside when they were going to when, when they were, you know, really, really, really trying to insert themselves into a title race that they have shown they that they have no, no business, business being in. They might have, they, they were they, number two at the time, right? With, yeah, they, they number were number two? two at the time. I mean,
3: but you could tell by their performances. I, I saw it coming. It was they were going to drop. They're a good team. I, I won't take that away from them. They're a good team, but they're just—they were so smug about it. It was like you're no—you're nowhere near us and
1: City. The man well, they just but, got never beat by, learned. by City too. City gave them the business right before we did.
0: Yeah.
3: Right. And then it was title race over for them. And every, <laughs> everybody stopped talking
0: about it. The man never learns. Except guys. Their goalkeeper. The man never learns. Yeah, that was the
3: game. That was the game we we announced to Europe, you know, and the rest of the league, and every everybody in the world. What we already knew is that we have the best right back in the world.
0: Yeah, he was absolutely incredible in that game. Um, but you know, kind of moving on to to the team itself, right? We have gotten. I think a bit more, I think, I think one of the things that's really kind of nice lately is we're getting a bit more of the actual personalities in the team. And I don't think they're afraid of trying to hide how they interact. And I think the club actually does a really good job on it, bringing certain personalities into the mix. Like, uh, you know, the, the Robertson Milner, um, videos and then, uh, you know, showing, you know, the kinds of, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the the love between Lavern and Sala. Um, but I, it, it kind of made me think of this, right? Um, I want, I want us to all build our own kind of, uh, Model UNs of uh of uh you know championship partying. So you you can only you can choose three. You want to choose three players that you're uh, partying with after you've won the title, but the rule is no no two of those players can be the same nationality. All right. So
3: is it England or United Kingdom?
0: Um, it is England. So okay. I, I'm I can't be I can't be that like harsh on it because you know Robbo's kind of I, I think Robbo very much would be a life of the party. Um, <laughs> yep. But uh, FIFA
1: rules, not Olympics rules.
0: Yeah, but Armando, where, where where did you fall with this?
2: Okay, so Bobby's a given, right? Because that's like you're gonna be in a, you're gonna be in like one of the Hangover movies essentially by the end of that. Um, so Bobby's a given. Uh, I'd go with Ginny. Ginny seems like he knows how to have a good time. He's pretty mellow. Um, and then. Uh, I think Trent hasn't stopped partying. And, uh, so I'm going to go with the young buck and go with Trent. Uh, those are my three. Um, I think we'd have a good time. Honorable mention. Allison was an honorable mention, but I thought he'd be too sappy. Probably get emotional, get drunk and cry. I don't you, really want to
0: play guitar together or something.
2: I would not play guitar. He would play guitar and then it would, I, I couldn't have it. I, I just couldn't have it. I got no patience for that. Um but yeah those three I think Trent would be a blast dude is still drunk. Uh Rabo was a good shout though. Um but I think you'd have to have them two together to have really good time.
0: Yeah so I, I have to ask you one question though. Like obviously Bobby recently has found religion a bit more. Do you think that, that will do you think that that might um put a damper on his uh ability to uh you know th- throw back beverages or do you think that he has uh found ways to incorporate both?
2: I think he would incorporate both. Uh, it's a big achievement, man. I think you know, and I, there's a time and a place for everything in moderation. And I think, uh, I think, I think he'd be good with it. I'd be more concerned about Allison, to be honest. Having a good time, I'm telling you. Bobby's <laughs> gonna be a good fucking time. Sober, drunk, it doesn't matter. Bobby's gonna have a blast. You know, all I need is, if I want to drink partner, I have Trent. That's all I need. That dude is still drinking. I'm telling you.
0: Uh, all right. Um... How
3: about how about you, Kev? Uh, a pretty good chat. I think if you go out with Bobby, the rule is he has to dress you. But um, I guess I don't know. I I would like the people the people I want to party with are different than the people I want to spend time. Like I really want to spend time with Muhammad Salah. I feel like every I just want to talk to the guy. He seems so nice and genuine. Same thing with Mane. Like I feel like those guys, i I just want to talk to. I don't know if I'd party with them, though, because I'm a drinker when it comes down to it. And I know they're most likely not. I assume they're not. But that doesn't mean we can't have a good time. Uh, But and my answers are I have to include Robbo just because he seems like uh kind of a jokester. Bit of life of the party. And he's Scottish. I mean, he's just he's kind of funny all around. Um, If I'm including Robbo, I think I also have to bring Milner just because I feel like he is – I feel like he's really acerbic and I, I just think he would make me laugh the entire night. Just, just being playing it straight the entire time would make, make it really funny for me. Uh, even if he doesn't drink, I don't know if he drinks or not. I know he's pretty like the consummate professional, but he may just have a good time on the side. Um, and then my third one, I almost went with, uh, Jeannie as well, just cause I feel like he knows at a good time, but I switched it. I'm also going Dutch though, and I'm taking Virgil. Um, he's low key funny um i think in the interviews i've seen and, and stuff like that and in the videos from them celebrating he looks like he's having a fantastic time um so i'm gonna go with verge as well so I, i'm Robbo, uh jimmy milner and, and the big man verge
0: and, and scott over to you
1: i think we all got some of the same ideas I, i'm with armando i think i got i think you got to stipulate that Bobby Firmino has got to be the number one choice. It's kind of like not taking Messi in like a, a top world 11. I mean, the man has a track record of partying that just, it speaks for itself. Um, like Kev, I'm also going to go with big verge. I mean, some of those videos uh, of the team celebrating at the hotel, it, he was having a great time swinging the shirt and towels around, getting down to show me love by Robin S. So if you can, if you can jam to some early nineties tunes like that, you can party with me. Um, and I think I'd also go Robbo, too. I mean, I think both of our fullbacks looked a little bit hungover for the past week or so. So I think Robbo is certainly <laughs> still in the gears a bit, uh, which I can love. But, um, I mean, really, you have your three players. As long as you get Klopp is, you know, managing your three-party team, that's all that matters. Just any chance I can get to be near Jurgen. So if he's along for it. And then just real quick, I think I'd go with my my anti-party team. Oh, it's got to be... It's got to be Mo, Mane, and, and Jimmy Milner. I think you're having a very quiet evening when you're when you maybe with those three.
0: For, for me, uh, so uh, my my first choice is a man who has his own planet. It's Divakar Um <laughs> I like a person who's operating in a in a completely different plane of existence. Uh, kind of speaks <laughs> yeah. deeply to my own kind of uh you know personal personal fancying myself of, as a little bit of a weirdo uh so he uh he definitely breaks into that um it would be better if he was a better footballer but you know that's a a topic for a different time um
3: (laughs) he still seems like a great guy though
1: yeah um wait do you want do you want divak before or after he turned into jubile sese i will
0: take any Arigi i can get i'm pretty sure that the underlying person is still exactly the same (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, it's just that after reading the Planet Origi section of the James Milner uh, autobiography or the Ask an Athlete, the Ask a Footballer book, um, I'm fascinated by him and I love him. And part of me never wa- wants him to never leave. And then the part of me that actually realizes that he's just, you know, he, he we've seen the peak of what he's ever going to do at Liverpool. Like, I'm just like, I'd kind of rather you have it on a high note, man. Um, I think probably I'd also have to take Bobby Firmino because you know, once again, I like the, I like a character and, you know, let, let's get weird. Firmino and Origi, it's, you know, you, you can find some fun things to get into there too. And then I, I need someone who, um, you know, is a bit, is going to be a bit more of a, a hype man. Cause I could also picture them both being kind of weird, but pretty great, but, but, um, but pretty um, quiet. And for that, I'm going to take the ox. Cause I think the Out, ox would be a very, throat. very, very good, you know, he, he's uh, he's very personable. And, uh, I think that that is extremely important when you're, when you're coming to, you know, to, to a part, to, you know, hang out with someone, a party with them. And also the fact that, you know, he's got a girlfriend, girlfriend knows how to dance. You know, he's, uh, I think, I think he's a really solid choice and would probably, uh, know how to show you a good time. Um, so I think from, from there, let's go to something that's a little bit worse. Um, right after the parties that, endured for for us winning the league we went to uh the the etihad and at, at a uh you know that was that was a, that was a that was a, a 90 minutes of our lives that happened that we're never getting back um i guess how much did that how, how what did you feel about that ranging from um actual pain to who gives a shit armando
2: who gives a shit that just showed me how good a time the boys had at the hotel man who cares they earned that like dude city so you get a one by ten and i would have been like okay and i'm not that way like usually i'm a man that cares about the performance more than the result to be honest with you um not that we have a lot to complain about results wise recently but uh but yeah it, it would have, i didn't give a shit i was like okay i didn't really watch it live i was at i was at work and so i was like okay i'm recording this i'll go home and watch it even if we lose it's usually a good game back and forth wide open but from what I was reading and seeing, I was like, yeah, I definitely don't need to see that. And I was perfectly fine with it. I was perfectly fine with the results. I saw the highlights. Uh, I mean, dude, after 30 years of champs, who cares what happened the day after that or the game after that?
0: Kevin, would you call it a guard of dishonor at that point?
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> it was.
3: I mean, I expected to lose, which was weird, that game. Uh, I just figured – we've done it to teams too before where – They've won something and then they come play us at Anfield and we just stomp them into the ground. Um, we've done it before. It's, it's a little consolidation for not winning things. I think we did it to Chelsea once. I think they beat us in some tournament and then they came or they won the league and then they came to Anfield and we just kicked the shit out of them. But I mean, so it's a little consolidation for a city. It might help their ego a little bit, but I mean, I, I expected to lose. I didn't expect it to be that bad. I thought maybe like, ah, uh, you know, 2-1 or, you know, something like that. And it would just be turgid and annoying and we wouldn't play well. Um, We were pretty terrible. Um, Nothing was really working. Uh We weren't fast. Like, it was just slow motion movement across the board. I mean, I went from caring because I'd, I'd love to beat City to, well, if we lose, like, whatever, to... Wow, this is bad, but I don't really give a shit. And that's basically how it went. And Pep saw it the same we did. He said, he literally said, they're the best team I've ever faced in my life. Right. And that includes all the teams he's played, you know, with Barcelona and Bayern. They're the best team I've ever faced in my life, but they drank a lot of beers this week. It was how he summed up the game. And I think he's right. And, and I don't give a shit. And he knows he lost a league to us by an absurd amount of points and, you know, in the fastest ever ending to a league. Um, so yeah, who gives a shit.
0: And I guess, Scott, um, does Raheem Sterling finally scoring against us have any impact on your day-to-day existence?
1: You know, I've, I've been in a dark place since last Thursday when it happened, but I've, I've somehow found a way to live knowing the fact that that snake still (laughs) had to clap for us when we walked on the pitch. So yes, he finally scored, but it, ironically he scored in a meaningless game he didn't score in the champions league tie that we beat him two years ago he didn't score when we talked him three to one this year and could have made a difference in the title race and he waited until the absolute moment when most of us were either still drunk or still hung over to care so it is what it is I, I think initially i was upset by the result or just the, the game as it went along because I'm still in the mode of, you know, after all these years, every game means something, you know, and now with everything going on in the world, sports can mean a lot just to have a distraction. So you're still in the mode of, it's awesome to watch Liverpool win. It puts a pep in your step. It sets the tone, you know, on these Premier League weekends and things like that. I know it was in midweek, but it just, it brings some joy to your day. And plus, you know, we're fans. We like having bragging rights. You know, if you, if you know people in your life or, for City, it's nice to talk shit to them. And, you know, that's part of being a fan. So when, you know, you have a rival and they are right now. It's it's a new rivalry and maybe it lasts for a while. But in this moment, it means a hell of a lot. It certainly means a lot to Pep, we talked about. Um, you know, so it, it doesn't feel good to have, you know, to use the most basic expression to have that kind of thing happen. But at the end of the day, then you go, oh, wait, we're still the champions. We're still the champions of the world, of Europe and England. And, and once you get into perspective, it, it's just that permanent smile that's been on since we, you know, sealed the title. That came back. So for for ninety minutes, it sucked, and then you remembered all is still right with the world.
0: I did appreciate that everybody treated it as them laying down a marker for next season. Um, you know, next season starts today, and then they immediately go out and drop points to Southampton, and uh, we we go out and <laughs> we go out and beat Villa, right? There, I think with City, and all it, a lot of it is mentality. And I want to know if you guys, you know, see this as part of the the you know the fucking mentality monsters thing, which is they go out and beat a lot of teams 5-0 right they're they're really 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 good at doing that and it seems like though whenever they get into a dogfight a lot of things tend to really go wrong for the team do you think that they just might not right you know the mentality there has gone bad and that's why they lose as often as they do i mean they've lost 9 games this season they they're losing about a third of their games right which you know They don't draw a ton. They win a lot, but losing nine games is not something that you're really going to be able to do and expect to win the, win the title. Um, Armando, do you, do you think that there is something about that team's mentality that's off that has, uh, you know, that is, you know, like it or not part of the Gulf?
2: Yeah, I think Liverpool's mentality is a big credit to them. So, I, or to us. So, I do think so. Um, Man City's mentality, their heads seem to drop a little bit more than ours do um, when things don't go exactly according to plan. Um, but I mean, a lot of it—they got bad defenders. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, Otamendi's bad. Ederson's out of position a lot. Um, Stones, does, you know, what John Stones doesn't even play football anymore. I don't think um they played some kid garcia was nothing not good senchenko's not good i just think they really had really bad defenders um fernandino's over the hill he's not the player he used to be in the middle of the park Uh, they play him as an auxiliary center back sometimes i just don't think you know attacking punaguero is arguably one of the greatest you know or not even arguably, he's one of the greatest Premier League strikers ever. Um, clinical, he's, he's, he's insanely good. Raheem Sterling, say what you want about him or whatever, leaving Liverpool, whatever, but he's a quality player. Um, attacking wise, they have nothing to gripe about. Midfield is solid, but at the back, they've been bad for quite some time now and I just think it's catching up to them and they're getting exposed a lot more and mentality does have a lot to do with that, I think, you know, when things start going bad, they just start to snowball on him and, um, yeah so things just haven't broke their way i mean sometimes it's better to be lucky than good and and they haven't i don't think they've been very lucky or very good at the back this year
0: and uh scott i'm gonna i'm gonna bring this question to you i mean this gap that you what what do you see when you see the city side um do they frighten you as much as they have in the past or do you feel like a little bit of the the aura that was there for the past two seasons is is gone a bit?
1: I think it's a lot of this past weekend is a microcosm. You know, we, we struggled against Villa, but we found a way to win. They pretty much dominated Southampton, but found a way to lose. And it, you know, it's kind of like you mentioned how Dan Kennett said, it's, you know, they bleed too. You know, it's Rocky Ford. The big Russian's been cut. And when you think, when you look at them as they're invincible, they can't be stopped. And yes, they, they, they score one season, 100 points. They scored 98 points last season. And they reeled off that amazing spring to catch us. You know, a lot of the doubts crept in of like, can we beat these guys? But, you know, we are the mentality monsters. Klopp was right. You know, the past two seasons we've had, or the past three seasons, when you go back to the Champions League loss at Madrid, we've had some heartbreaking losses. And each time, you know, instead of just kind of, you know, losing yourself and, and, you know, kind of what happened with us when we slipped up and, with Gerard and, and city found a way to take the title away from us then. And we fell apart for a lot of reasons. We did the opposite this time around the past few seasons. When we suffer the heartbreaking loss, we learned from it. And, you know, we did lose three finals straight under Jurgen, but we put that right. Then when we won the champions league, the next season. So the very next season, we come back and fight. Same thing we did this season. We lost heartbreaking fashion. One freaking point. Brighton almost did the business for us on the final day and couldn't get it done. And rather than, you know, be tripped up by that, we overcame it. And whereas City, you can feel that that's weighing on them. You can feel that, you know, they understand that we're relentless. We're not going to give up. You know, sometimes we'll fail spectacularly or in the most beautiful way, like Jurgen says. But this team is pure clop right now. They're focused. They're locked in. They really only look one game, match at a time. And you know, for city, it's having a real adversary. In their run, they've never really had a real adversary other than us. United's never stepped up or even got close. Chelsea's never stepped up or really got close. They've when they've been good and they've been title winning seasons or contending, City haven't had anybody us. But now to have an equal, you know, I, I think when look when I look at city, I see front runners. When they get up one goal or two goals on you, they're really gonna lay it on you. But when they face adversity, there's a fragility that you can see through the spine of their team. I mean, it's just like Armando said, the keeper is shit. You know, he he puts them in all sorts of bad mistakes. I mean, he's fine. I guess he's probably one of the better ones, you know, in top 10, 15 or whatever. But he has a fragility. He makes mistakes, you know, that kind of similar to play dust for a while. And the the center defense isn't any good. And Fernandinho is getting old. I mean, Rodri's been okay, but he hasn't really featured since they've come back. So it's a team that seems in transition and, and that invincibility that, terminator like quality where they were always going to reel off the result they need that's gone now and we're the ones that you know everybody expects us to do what we need to do in the end so the tables in my mind have really turned
0: and so kev i'm I'm bringing you in here last intentionally because you know obviously uh, you and i've spoken about this in, in the past um you're actually a big buyer of city and think that on uh on talent and on paper and pretty much what they can do. They should probably win the league next year, probably should have won it this year, should have won it the last two years. Um, Have your feelings changed on that at all? And how do you, how do you factor in the mental portion of this?
3: Um, So, yeah, I I think on paper, they are the best team in the league. Um, And I think sort of even how they're playing, if you take it over, uh, you know, over the season, um, you, there are a lot of statistics that are important that they outperform us on. Um, one of the things they had trouble with this season, I think you could find out a lot about this or listening um uh, to Dan Kennett on, um, on the AI pro side is game state and, uh, game state management, which is what we got better at. Uh, whereas as was, we were, the guys were talking before, like city will run a team over five nil, you know, four times in a row. We don't, not all the time, but, um, we'll go up two nil and, and pull back a little bit because we know we're in cruise control now. Um, it's a dangerous game, but that's what we play. We have f- played really high-risk, high-reward type of football. That's what Klopp does, and it's a thing we've changed from last year to this year. And I think by doing that, we've sort of evened out a bit. Um, it's all marginal gains, so it, it's we've, we've crept up a little bit on City in that way, and, and we've forced a lot of luck in our direction doing that. Um, and then you get normal luck as well you know there's some games that maybe you didn't deserve to win that you do or you know that sort of thing but and that happens with every league winner but i think on paper yeah city city are the best team i think they're probably going as favorites next year bookies aren't stupid um i think they'll go in his favorite next year it's really hard to retain a title and i think that mentality is a big part though and i think their mentality started to slip let's not forget that they're the they're the winner of the past two in a row they did a hundred points in a season and then won a treble, but nobody's talking about that because we're such a firework <laughs> last season. We roared back into the champions final and, and finally won it for the sixth time, you know, and, and Klopp finally got his finals, uh, winner's medal. And then this season we come out just where I thought, what else can we possibly do? We did 97 points and short of repeating that and city falling off, what else could we possibly do? Um, we did tweak things and we did change things and we didn't really add to the squad whatsoever. Um, but we kept picking up points and we kept winning and our mentality was stronger because of the losses and because of the win in the champions league. And I think on the city side, it's really hard to keep that up for, for three, two, three. It's hard to do it for two, but to do it for three seasons to win the league three years in a row, that's rough. We kept it up for two full seasons. I forget who did the analysis. It might be the guy who runs the get gold side newsletter. I don't want to a misappropri- miss you know uh misappropriate it to somebody else but they um they did the analysis that we are the best this Liverpool team is the best team over two years that any that we've ever seen as long as stats have been collected um points per game like everything you can possibly measure we're the best team um and that just shows klopp infusing his mentality into the rest of the players you know, i hate the patriots in the united states but we're a very do your job team um this next play matters this next second matters this next minute matters the season doesn't matter the season will will work itself out if we do our job right now um and that's sort of where we're at and that's kind of what makes us stronger than them and then there's additional parts as well. i'm not fully convinced on pep and, and defenses um in, in barcelona their possession was their defense um and then they had sort of puyol and mascarano cleaning up the mess um and they had a one of the best right backs ever live you know in Alves running the show back there where bayern they were kind of stomping all comers anyway. Their job was to win the Champions League. They didn't do that. Um, But they were an excellent team. They were one of the better, Baron teams I've ever seen. Defense doesn't have to be great there. They're running teams over anyway. He comes to England. He makes this amazing squad of players that, as you guys have spoken about, up front. And Aguero is probably top two in the Premier League of all time. It's got to be him or Henri, right? Um Shearer's up there, maybe top three. But, yeah, him or Henry for sure is probably the best ever. Um, Sterling is one of, for a long time, he was the only world-class talent England has, probably Trent as well now. Um, and, you know, and all the other pieces he has, Mares for fun. He has both Silvas. He has Kevin Obruna is probably the best midfielder in the world. Um, you know, this midfield and attack is excellent. The defense has always suspect it has been. Um, they don't know how to buy fullbacks, apparently. And Ederson's a good keeper, but he's not Allison. He's the, he got, they got the wrong Brazilian. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, the defense is part of it, but yeah, they seem to crumble. And as Justin was alluding to a long time ago, when we started talking about this is that when you go toe to toe with them, you can beat them. And as Scott said, it's, it's Rocky four. The Russian was cut last year, right? We cut them last year. So they're, they're, they bleed as Dan Kennett said. And this year we just put them to the sword and said, you know, we're, we're going to do this, see if you can catch us. And they couldn't. And when, as you said, when Fabinho's rocket goes in the back of the net, you know, that was it. We're, we're in rent free now and they couldn't catch us. And yeah, there's a, I'd be curious what they're going to do over the summer. If we have, well, it is the summer, but what they do over the break before next season, whatever next season becomes. Um, but on paper, I'd still say the bookies make them favorites, but I like that. I like coming from behind and winning it.
0: All right. So I think that's a, that's a good place for us to probably. End this, but there is one closing question, right? And I, in this particular one, I'm throwing a twist into it. So I have given you guys this question beforehand. beforehand. You can pick one Liverpool player and you're playing and, and, has, and you're putting him in an American pro sport. Who are you choosing? What position? And I haven't asked you guys to do this, but on the spot, you also got to think about the team you're placing him on. So, um, Scott, you, you get to take us away with this one first.
1: All right. I'm going to go with a little different i'm gonna go with sadio mane american team sport to me he seems like uh like an old school maybe like 1980s baseball player like vince coleman or 90s delano de shields you know he seems to me like a guy who would wear you know he'd be the switch hitter and he'd have the double ear flap he would steal like 60 70 bases a season and he would just drive opposing team nuts and because i'm a a long-suffering cubs fan I just always had just Cardinals players in my head. It feels like they would always do the to us. So I, I had Vince Coleman in my head. I feel like he'd be a Vince Coleman on those annoying ass Cardinals teams. He'd score, he'd steal a shit ton of bases. He'd be leading off. He would be, you would, you would, he would come up in those clutch moments. He'd get a key hit when you need to get out of the inning and then he'd start like a two out rally where you just get bombarded by three, four runs. So that, that's what I think Sadio would be really good at. And it,
0: Thank you for reminding me about how much I hate Vince Coleman.
1: <laughs> it's a hate that spreads across the across the country, but everybody hates the Cardinals, so that's okay. We can but all we can all hate the Cardinals.
0: Vince Coleman was a member of the 1992 and 1993 Mets, also known as the "Boards Team Money Could Buy," and his tenure in New York ended with him throwing a firecracker back at kids, I believe, um, or a firecracker in the clubhouse at reporters. I had to check this one, but like his end in New York was really ignominious and just. All around, drove me nuts because I think he stole something like 54 straight bases against the Mets um, without getting thrown out. Mackie can stop that guy. Mackie Sasser finally threw him out. Uh, but uh, you know, then, uh, it, but it's just the fact that it went from that to just being awful as a Matt. I can't fucking stand the guy. I, uh, I, I, I this, this, this is like triggering my childhood right now. Um, I, just so everybody understands this, this is me talking about a baseball hatred I have. From like the ages of about eight to 12. So, um, some That's scars never, some scars never heal. Um, Kevin, over to you on this one. Uh,
3: so the team is tough that you threw that in at the end. Um, so I'm going with Allison as a tight end because the dude catches friggin' everything. He's one of the only goalkeepers in the world that still catches the ball. He's also like six three. Uh, and I'm guessing he's about two hundred pounds and the average tight end in the NFL is like six three two forty, so we can add add some pounds to him, you know. Uh, he's pretty mobile. Um as I said, he catches everything. So good target there, I think. The team is tough though. Um I'm a well, I'm a Las Vegas Raiders fan. Um yeah. we actually <laughs> I hate Las You're
1: Vegas. You're a John Gruden fan.
3: I, I fucking hate John Gruden actually. But um <laughs> I go to that website all the time to see how much money we're paying him every minute. Um, <laughs> the uh, I think he's a bit of a fraud, but we'll see how it goes. Um, the do, Am I bitter? No. Um, hey, the,
1: I had to watch him beat my team in London, so I'm with you. I hate that guy.
3: He left us and beat us in a Super Bowl, so I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, you win. So I can't even – I actually can't say the Raiders because we have – a lot of young tight ends uh, a couple of which could be elite um, in sort of, I think we still have everybody, Darren Waller, uh, Derek Carrier, and the other one who escapes me right now. I like how you're uh, assessing
0: this for fit rather than just trying to think of an attitude. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I take it seriously. So I don't know. I don't know who needs a tight,
3: who needs a, he needs a job. So who needs a tight end? Uh, The Washington team. Probably, I won't say their names. This
1: team to be named later. Yeah, yeah Jordan Reed is always concussing, so that's yeah. You're Jets, I can tell you, are you guys I, at the Jets. No, you, no, 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 you,
0: you, you did, no, no, you don't put I mean, out. No, don't, don't put him on the Jets, man. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't. Like that's he's a he's a winner and they're losers, so don't do that, please. You
3: gotta they're, get the mentality on your team.
2: Yeah, hey, oh, hey he's
0: no selling trans, it. There's selling no transforming. Kevin like is selling it right now.
3: Just get your manager to hold, you know, throw hugs around. He'll come over.
0: There's, there's, there's no saving that franchise.
1: <laughs> and I'm sorry. Which 20-year-old like teams, to... Justin, are we talking about now? The Jets, the, the Jets. Mets? they all run together. The
2: Jets—they oh, all run together. Bro. All he's got is this.
1: This is all he's got, basically. Thank God for Liverpool. I say yeah. it every day.
0: So, so Kevin, you still have a team for Allison?
3: Yeah, we'll put him on. Um. Let's go with Washington because that's a need for them because I can't think of mentality to team at this moment.
1: And, uh, Ron Rivera is a good guy. Riverboat Ron? How about, how about you, Armando?
2: I would probably have Joe Gomez playing some sort of safety position because he's fast. Um, he seems to read the ball pretty well. Uh, he's got good makeup speed. So I think Joe Gomez would make a hell of a DB. He's got good size. Um, if I had to pick a team, I'd pick the Browns because
1: I want them to be good. That's all. Who's a better safety, Virgil or Joe Gomez? Joe Gomez, Gomez. is faster, I think. Yeah,
2: I
3: Gomez to too.
0: Me.
3: I tried to figure something out for Virgil because I feel like he could do anything.
0: <laughs> Vir- oh, the there's a, well, wait, that, wait, wait. I'm telling, my answer. My answer has Virgil, right? Oh, okay. All right, well, okay, sure go that. on then. Virgil Van Dyke is a middle linebacker for the Los Angeles Rams.
2: Oh, that's a good. That's <laughs> very specific. Well, you know, I want him
0: uh, Virgil's cool. You want him in a city where you there's a lot You can read
2: of, the game in the middle of the park. You can You're read right.
0: the game in the middle of the park. You want him in a city where he can get a lot of exposure, here around the stars, glitz and glam, you know. Tall tall han, a tall handsome guy with uh, movie star looks and uh, the athletic charisma to back and athleticism and then charisma in a town that likes to star. I think that that is a great fit for him. I don't he think he's a Charger because I feel like the Rams are LA's team and, you know, as they've been there before, and the Chargers are just a, a team that just said F you to the city of San Diego because a rich guy couldn't get any stadium out of them.
1: <laughs> Chargers have great uniforms. Though. They I'm do. The, I, I love the baby uniform. blues. Chargers got way better. I almost picked Virgil van Dijk. You know, as a Bears fan, all we have are inside linebackers. So, like, I looked up, like, well, he's about as big as Roquan Smith. And then I looked up Erlacher and I'm like, uh he's got fifty pounds on Bigfoot so. <laughs> like or And he's got more hair now. You so can put it for him.
3: There's a lot of I bet you Trent would be good as a kicker. I feel like Robo could be like Edelman. Does kicker you can put a count, lot of players on the Does NFL. a kicker
2: <laughs> count, Kevin. There's a kick they can all be the kicker, Kevin. That's cheating. Yes, yeah, they
3: can all be kickers. I a feel kicker. like Trent can ping it from sixty-five, 70 yards. Allison
2: can punt. What do you want me That's to true. say? What do you yeah, want me you to say, Kevin? Please, this is all this right. is unacceptable. Before, I, I, before all right. we actually, speaking of there. the
0: difference between punters and kickers, um, you know, one thing that we should probably note before we end this podcast is that uh, Darren Bennett, um, who was a former who was a former rugby player and NFL punter, once challenged all three Gramatica brothers to a fight
1: he would take them at the same time oh, without a doubt them.
0: he'd absolutely destroy them i would the pay money one, to see that
1: the one tour is acl celebrating so i don't think they've got a lot of <laughs> fortitude
0: well the first, the oldest one martin martín gramatica was actually a really good kicker um martin. especially yeah especially in college i think he was uh, he was i remember when he was at kansas state and he just like he was the only kicker in the country who was the you only know, college kicker in the country who didn't feel like bad for on national tv i feel bad for college kickers they're gonna miss on national TV constantly,
2: and they're kids, bro. I know, they're kids. Uh, at least is a grown man, you know. I don't know, man. Yeah. didn't he? Did like he? Didn't he beat you in the Super Bowl, Kevin?
1: No comment. <laughs> Kevin's not here to talk about the past. It's all. It's all Liverpool.
0: Wait, didn't he and John Gruden beat you in the Super Bowl, Kevin?
2: Exactly. Man,
1: no comment. This is cold. This is ice cold.
0: All right. There will be no plugs. Thank you for joining us. This has been the AIUS podcast.
2: <laughs> Up the road.
1: Well.
0: cast network